First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome back to Chronologically. This is the podcast where Eric... Hey, Jeff. How's it going, man? It's going well. And myself, we go through the complete filmographies of some of cinema's greatest creators. And this is season three, and we are looking at the works of M. Night Shyamalan. And we are, you know, currently walking through the valley of the shadow of death, um, <laughs> the the valley that is uh, these, what, four films, Lady in the Water to After Earth, um, which are sort of the dark days the, the dark days, the, the dark days indeed. It, with this movie, uh, in more ways than one, it's actually dark. It is a dark movie. Like, like it is Visually not a bright. Dark. Yeah, it is not a bright <laughs> and sunny movie. It is a shadowy. What the hell is going on on the screen? Sort of movie. So yeah, good yeah. times. So we watched the last Airbender from 2010, of course, directed by M Night Shyamalan and starring a bunch of people I've never heard of. I did rec well, I recognize one person, Asif Mandvi, and I know I said his name wrong, but I I've seen him in a plenty of movies, but I mostly know him as the the owner of the pizza shop in Spider Man. Spider Man two. two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay, so he he's my favorite guy in this movie for sure. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. He um he was a Daily Show correspondent for a while. So he's got like a, a history in, in comedy. And the big thing that I know him from currently, he's one of the three leads on the show Evil, which is on Paramount Plus, which is just stunningly good. I know I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Many times. I think. But yeah, uh, so I was I was very happy to see him. Um, the other face I recognized was uh, Dev Patel, I think his name is. And he was... The father, like the king of the fire people, yeah. And he's he's from uh, Slumdog Millionaire, um. But beyond that, okay. yes, these these were a bunch of unknowns. I guess older brother guy was in Twilight. Like I watched all those Twilight movies as as a project with my wife a couple of years oh, ago. We just had uh -huh. some time off work, and we decided we we're going to plow <laughs> through them for fun and laugh. Good luck. And uh, I didn't recognize this cat at all. But I mean, those movies just like leaked out my ear as soon as I watched them. You know, so I. I, I but honestly, I have no idea who that dude was in the Twilight movies. Maybe like, side question: What's your favorite Twilight film? Oh God, I don't even. I can't even <laughs> tell them apart. Like I have no idea. Like I guess. The last one where the werewolf falls in love with the baby. I, <laughs> I, I, think, I love that I out of context. It's brilliant. That's my favorite just because it was so wackadoodle. Uh, but yeah, those movies, those movies are terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry, people that love them. But oh, my God, they are just unwatchable. Slop, now, man. I will say I did recognize and not until now just looking at imdb do i know where i recognized her from but nicola peltz beckham who played katara she was actually in um the bates motel tv show that i that i adore and love so very much uh she was kind okay. of a smaller role though interesting yeah i i read something about her and it was only in one one little thing something about like 
her dad is a billionaire and so he like flipped a little cash to the film in order for them to cast her but i only read it in like one thing so it's kind of unsubstantiated uh you know but um yeah honestly she didn't make much of an impression nobody in this movie made much of an impression on me um as far as performances go like it's kind of like the game i was going to play with you was who sucked the least like like which which character which actor which performance sucked the least to you Um, i know which one to me sucked the least right which was ass of manvi no 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 and then i I, so i was gonna say uncle i am yes yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The uncle guy. That's that's because who I was going to say, too, because he's the only believable character in the entire film. And he has a character arc, right? Yes. He goes from one place, and, and, and by the end of the film, he's somewhere else emotionally, and where he stands, and his integrity. Yes, I, I think that that's the best character in the film. I, I agree, and performance-wise, it felt like he wasn't just cashing a paycheck you know um like he really felt like he was when when he was in the movie for the brief amount of time he's in the movies oh god what maybe like 10 minutes of screen time total um there's a spark of reality that comes along with him in the movie like that one guy feels like a real guy amid all of this yeah you know and there's a likability too like he just kind of even at the beginning, like the first scene you see him, he's giving that test to Ang or Ong. Yes. And he genuinely seems like he's a little sad that, oh, I said you could go. I didn't actually expect you to pass this test. You know, well, you know, so there's a little nuance there at the very least. Yeah. 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 So we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves. Uh what what is your history with both the franchise and this film? I started this film and a while ago and I got to the scene where the battle with the at the Earth Village or the Earth Prison, whatever you want to call it, and I just turned it off. I was like, no thanks. I mean, because A, it, it didn't feel like a Shyamalan film, much like uh, the happening to me doesn't feel like a Shyamalan film and B I was bored out of my mind and the acting was bad. And, you know, so I'd seen maybe one episode of the cartoon and actually watching this, I'm like, I should give the cartoon another chance Yeah, because people love this shit. So there's probably something good there. Um, but I just, uh, that was my history. And it, to be honest, uh, when we started this season, this is the movie that I would say I was the least looking forward to. Like, this is the one I'd be fine never having have watched. Yeah. I yeah, just okay. let it go. <laughs> My, mine is, you. It's somewhat similar. I never even gave the movie a shot. Um, like, I knew that it was based on this animated thing that people seemed to love. I had never seen, like when this movie came out what year did this come out this is kind of like 2010 around the advent of streaming right like streaming streaming is becoming a thing but it's not like the way it is now right and, and it's so, netflix is kind of 
really starting to get settled into streaming at this point. Right. But it wasn't like you could just go to one of your six services and find the show and turn it on. Right. right. So I didn't have Nickelodeon. So I had never encountered this show before. So I had no idea. And, and so I knew that it was it was like a live action adaptation. And then like the reviews hit. And like I, I'm a big Roger Ebert guy. Rest in peace, Roger Ebert. And man, he crushed this movie. He gave it half a star and like just one of the most scathing reviews he's ever written. And I was like, all right, good. I cool. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna save my six bucks and not go see this. Um, since then, uh, the people that make the the Avatar cartoon they went on from this and they created the Legend of Korra which was an equally big hit and now on Netflix they've got the Dragon Prince and that's where I come into it because right. my kids and I are big Dragon Prince fans we absolutely love the show it's so well written and funny and clever and suspenseful and like the seasons have this build to them and you get to the end and there's like this huge climactic battle and it's amazing and jaw dropping like these these people know how to make a show, you know, like it is really good. And, uh, so I've always since then been like, Oh, I really need to go back and check out avatar. Like I really need to go. And I have not, um, I caught my seven year old watching it a few weeks ago. He was like halfway through the first season. He just like stumbled upon it himself and was watching it, but, uh, he was too far in. So I was like, no, I'm not going to sit down. Yeah. I think it seems like one of those things where you're, you need to start at the beginning and not miss something. Well, clearly Uh, because we watched this movie, which seems like it missed a lot of some things, you know, (laughs) I was going to say, I felt like this was like a couple seasons of avatar crammed together. It, it felt watching this film, like giant chunks of the story were just gone. Like, 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 and, and I know there, there's this whole thing about this movie where like, uh, which, which studio was this? Was this Warner brothers? No, this was Paramount. Paramount. Right. 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 right, right. Nickelodeon so like property. a few months before it came out, Paramount decided that they were going to convert it to 3d. Right. And so, it, it, this was right after the real the avatar like james cameron avatar so everybody's trying to convert everything to 3d because there's all this interest in 3d and it was so expensive and so time consuming that they literally edited a half hour out of this movie to to get it done in time Ugh. so they cut 30 minutes of the movie out just because of the 3d processing time frame so you know so our movie ran for an hour 43 yes so that's a a two hour and 15 minute movie yes could you imagine sitting through another half hour of this (laughs) oh my god no like even if it did make it make more sense like i was struggling by the end of this thing man like it is it is bad in so many ways like it's hard to really zero in on one way that it's bad because it is bad in like all the ways all like every way a movie can be bad it's bad like the performances are bad the writing is bad the editing is bad the narration like is bad and kind of unnecessary and they do this weird thing where like in the editing, they superimpose conversations that characters are having over scenes that those characters are not in. 
like like you hear the fire people talking over scenes that the fire people are not in it just took like a kind of push story points and anytime anyone has any dialogue at all it's all exposition it is yeah. all like like nobody has any conversations in this movie that aren't meant to explain the world or advance the plot like that's it that's all they do is you know it was really problematic like in oh my god in the action scenes are just a train wreck just an absolute train wreck like this is somebody who is clearly not an action filmmaker doesn't enjoy action films Mamie has never seen a kung fu movie in his life like it, it was it was it was making me so mad. Like during <laughs> during the fight scenes, they were showing the fighters from the chest up, right? And and like you can't see their legs. You couldn't see their legs. And like they're kind of doing things, and it's too slow, and you can't tell where anybody is, and you can't see how they're moving around each other. And it was just in too tight. And man, it was. Oh my god, this movie's rough. Even the scenes where they do in like coordinated kung fu dances, you know, like when they're yeah. doing like the exercises, they're not together, right? Like they're they're not like when I see that, I want to see them doing the exact same motions at the exact same time, and they're not doing that. Like they're off always. And yeah, it's just, all right, I'm gonna. Uh, that was that <laughs> was a, a rant. I'm sorry, it was Take a rant. A breath. It was a rant. It feels like you maybe hated this a little more than I did. Because <laughs> at the end of the movie, I was like, all right, you know, whatever. It, that's kind of how I felt. And uh, it's not BFG bad um, to me. Like, there was at least enough flashing lights for me to be like, hey, something. Oh, I I really thought it was worse than BFG. <laughs> I, I I really did. Like... BFG at least had you know the scene with the queen and and stuff like that and and uh, this this had nothing for me to grasp onto like there there was just nothing here. My first note was too many characters, not enough characters, right? Like yeah, like that's a good th- way there to were put it. Too many people in this movie. You don't know or care who any of them are, yep. right? Like the princess shows up toward in like the last third of the movie, the one with the white hair. Right. And then like the narration comes in and is like, my brother fell in love with the princess. Like that's the big romance in the movie. My brother yeah. fell in love with the princess. Now, you had said like, <laughs> uh, you text me, he's given you real Anakin Skywalker vibes. And I'm guessing you mean Anakin from episode two. Um, oh, yeah, just like the short hair, the wide eyes, you know, uh, the, the stoic stilted, acting. The, yes, the stilted then, acting. Then when you get to the romance with her, it very much feels like Padma and, you know, just that sort of on-screen romance that just isn't working. Unearned. Like, like they didn't even try to earn it, you know? Like, they, well, they, now, they, there's we not a scene with them falling in love. It's just somebody says they're in love and then they are. <laughs> there's 30 minutes missing from this movie. So I don't know how much of that we can truly blame on Shyamalan. True. But true. I doubt that it actually makes it work anyway. Yes, I doubt it. And then, you know, you get to the point where she 
spoiler alert for last airbender she sacrifices herself to save the fish uh, <laughs> which is the moon god right uh, and you don't give a shit like who cares because she's not a character she's a pretty face in a white wig like who gives a fuck if she like sacrifices herself to save the moon god it is meaningless and it's supposed to be this big emotional thing but she's only had two lines in the movie so far right so who cares like like there's 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 nothing there like i i didn't care about any of the characters i thought the kids sucked i thought like (laughs) and and like he's not a kid anymore I'm sure he took his hits, you know, when this movie came out or whatever. He was only in two movies. He was in this and then Cowboys versus Aliens, which didn't, you know, elevate his career at all, I'm sure. Um and and so, you know, it, like it takes takes a lot for me to like bash bash a kid, but he is not a kid anymore, and so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There was nothing engaging about this kid. Like like I I was not interested in this kid they don't spend any time explaining like why he's important why he doesn't know the other three bending techniques why was he in an ice globe for a hundred years you know like what why 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 all what is that thing that he flies around on from never-ending story what is that where did that come from like everybody seems surprised to see it for like a minute and then they fly around on it for the rest of the movie it's like the movie's fast travel system and like nobody else comments on it ever and then there's this like this bat thing there's this bat thing that comes flying in yeah (laughs) they're like we thought that was extinct and he's like no 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 they're they're here and then the bad thing just kind of like flies into scenes for the rest of the movie and nobody comments on it at all you know like like, fan service or it's like the studio being like no bitch you need the bat thing right kids (laughs) are gonna want to see the bat thing put it in the the movie and you're like the bad thing is crucial to the cartoon you gotta have it when they're in the cave you need that bat thing to fly in there right But as somebody watching the movie who hasn't seen the cartoon, it's like, what the shit is this bat thing? Like, uh, oh my god, oh my god! I was, well, I was down pained. to the point. Uh, I am, I am pained. <laughs> Marvel movies like uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Doctor Strange, you know, they are the, the performers always talk about how foolish they feel on the set when they're doing their hand things when they're yeah. doing the magic, right? Because they're doing it and nothing is happening. And this movie showed me just how much work and skill goes into pulling that off in the Marvel movies and making it not look stupid because these people in this movie look like fucking idiots when they're doing their hand things. None of it works. None of this movie works. None of it. It's it's a train wreck uh, that kills everybody except for Bruce Willis. Like it is a, a massive, massive train wreck. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being that guy. I'm, like I I'm hate being that. Guy. Like I'm always trying to find the good in a movie. I mean, you liked the happening for God's sake, right? Right. I always <laughs> trying to find the good. I can't find the good. Like, like the firebenders shoot fire and it doesn't set anything on fire. <laughs> 
it just goes away. Oh, it's so stupid. At the beginning, she goes and she she like does this thing with the water bending and she like shoots at her brother and he says, Oh, you always get me wet when you do that, and he's totally dry. Like it's it's <laughs> stupid on that level. Like it is really But can't you and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna harken back to two weeks ago, but can't you put your put your hat on the same hat you had before and say, Hey, wait a minute. This guy created the sixth sense and maybe this is nope. intentionally a piece nope. of shit. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. I Why cannot. not? I cannot. I don't <laughs> see that big of a difference here. They, they, yeah, they are both uh, poorly acted, bad script, um, difficult to get through, but this one is worse and and uh, accidentally bad. I I think so. Like okay, let me let me. I'll give some credit where credit is due. Taking a twenty episode season of television and trying to cram that story down into two hours is probably very difficult right so i'm gonna i'm i will give that concession that that's probably a difficult thing to do my first instinct if that were my task would be to pull characters out of this story and and simplify some of these relationships and dynamics in order to to make it work right like we like the uncle I probably would have pulled the uncle out of the story, you know, like I probably would have pulled the whole section with the earthbenders out of the story and yep, spent more time true. with the, with the, with the, uh, the ice people. Or Cause whatever. that really didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah. I imagine on the other side, then you had like the show's creators and you had Nickelodeon and you had Paramount and they were all screaming, but no, you gotta, he's so important to the story and the fans are going to want to see it. Like you said, with the bad thing. Right. And, and so I'm willing to concede that, that some of this stuff was probably like out of M Knight's control, you know, nonetheless, you signed the contract and you took the job. Right. You knew what you were getting into. You signed the contract. You took the job. And he thought this was so good. He started writing the script for the next one before they were like, nah, dog, we're done. You know, <laughs> like, like he still will, you know, come in and defend this. Does film. he defend this too? He does. He does defend this. Yeah. He says he, he made it for children. He wanted it to be accessible to young people, and that's why he kept, like, you know, like, violence and things out of it. He specifically avoided a PG-13, and his kids were kids, and he wanted to make something that they would enjoy, and he feels like he did a good job. Which, you know, so what we more what we power can, to you if that's what you think. What we but, can deduce, then, is that he should never try to make anything for children, because this is the second time, right? Lady in the Water was for his children yes. and this is for his children. So maybe let's not do that. Cause to me, I'm watching this movie and I feel like like after the happening and now this, this just feels like him being like, Oh, you just want some Hollywood bullshit. I got you. Here's some bullshit that anybody can do. 
You didn't like my Lady in the Water movie that was artsy and different. So here's this horse shit that's just vanilla ice cream that anybody else can shit out into the theaters. Fine. That's kind of how I felt on the back end. Like that had to be his attitude because it felt like there was just no heart or care in this. Um, be, and like we could go back to Lady in the Water, and I know he defends that, and neither of us particularly like that film. But at the same time, I kind of get why he defends that. It's a personal story to him. It's a bedtime story he told to his kids. And I feel like he really, really tried to make Lady in the Water the best it could be in his own mind. This, to me, I can't imagine he was trying. <laughs> like, where do you go... When you leave signs and you forget that actors need to be believable and you stop caring about the performance on screen. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, if we think about the, the films that we have enjoyed, they're small casts. They're very quiet movies. They're very personal Right, they rely a lot on like conversation and character building and things like that, and this is the opposite of that, right? Like this is the the direct opposite of that. Here we have you know like fifteen or twenty characters all crammed in. There's all sorts of like lights and sounds and boom and bang and so on. And when you have to add all that in, that takes away the space for your characters to have their whispered conversations that are meaningful. Right. And, and so, yeah, it does feel like this is, this is someone who took on a project that was like the direct opposite of where their strengths are. you know, like a hundred percent, not like to me, it feels like the bigger these movies get, the more he loses his grip on them. Yeah. You, you know, like The Happening is another example, you know, like to concede it's not the greatest of his films. You know, it's bigger than Signs, which is very contained. You know, it's bigger than Unbreakable, which is very contained. Like they're out in the world. There are more characters coming in and out of the film. It's like a, a big global event as opposed to something that's happening very locally. You know, like in Signs, it's a global event, but it just focuses on the local, you know. Um, so it does feel like the bigger these movies get the less personal they become the less he's able to like engage and uh tap into the emotions of the audience you know like yeah i i just i was so disinterested in everything in this movie like i i I didn't feel like any of the characters outside of Uncle Guy in a few in a few brief moments mattered at all. Like it uh, I think somebody just telling me the story would have been more engaging than watching this film. You know, like like verbally around a campfire, somebody telling the story of of Aang the Avatar, which is pronounced Avatar by the way, not Avatar. Guys, come on. Uh, <laughs> because the way that it's presented is just so incredibly uninteresting. It's just lost in the technology. It's lost in the, you know, the special effects and so on. I don't know. Like, wait, okay, so let me ask you this. 
beyond Uncle Guy, were there bits of this that you did enjoy? Like, were there fight scenes? Were there special effects that, like, clicked with you? I like there's the, the moment it's in the trailer, and I think it looks kind of cool where Ong clinches his fists and his tattoos light up. I'm like, okay, now he looks proper threatening. Um, I didn't hate the martial arts movements as much as you did. I kind of was like fine with the, the having to do a spin kick to get a fireball to go to go. You know, I am a martial arts movie fan. I do. I agree. I like to see the martial arts shaky cam really set martial arts movies back a long way. Thanks. Born identity. Born um, identity. Yeah, totally. Um, because you can't see what the hell's happening. And if you have an actual martial artist on screen, you want to watch them perform what they do. I'm a Van Damme fan. Well noted. And if they were cutting out him doing the spin kick and you wouldn't see the actual feet of him doing it, it would be annoying. Um, I'll say it generally speaking, I didn't have the same visceral reaction you did. I also kind of knew we were in for some suck and it is going to be the, the movie that I look forward to the least. Um, and I was glad it was over. I, I I think in a similar way, though, I can't muster much emotion about this. Um, much like the happening, I just like, there's not even, I, I can't even be angry enough. Like, it's not bad enough for me to yell at. Like, <laughs> like 1941, you know. Right. I, I, and I wasn't as bored as I was with the BFG. And I, like I said, I think it's because there was some flashing lights. There was some CG. But this, again, is not an M. Night Shyamalan film. It doesn't have any of his, you know, classic cinematography. It doesn't have those quiet moments. It's large in scope, which, like you said, is not his forte. Every The best stuff he does is in tight, small spaces, you know, smaller stories, Um and subdued things and i yeah there's just nothing here yeah yeah that's that's what i came away with there's there's just nothing i'm curious if if i want you to rank these three films for me right now the last airbender praying with anger and wide awake oh uh, wide awake number one, praying with anger number two, last airbender number three. This I would is, rather watch. I would rather watch praying with anger again than watch this again. Incredible. Yeah. That's what yeah, I hoped it, for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just so bad. Like, I don't know the scene. Okay, so <laughs> the, I think that's the first time anyone has ever said wide awake's number one. <laughs> the, the the fire guy, the fire king, has this son, this prince, right, and he for whatever reason, has to capture the Avatar, who, by the way, when they made this agreement, hadn't been seen for a hundred years, right? But he has his dad's just like, hey, if you want to come back and be part of the Fire Guy court, you got to go find the Avatar. And the kid's <laughs> like, ah, ah It's right. one of those missions where you're not actually <laughs> expecting him to accomplish it, so he's pretty right. much just done with yeah. his son at that point. So he kind of figures out where the avatar is right and so then he puts on this crazy mask and he goes in to kind of like rescue the avatar 
So or get him, like recover him, so he can take him back to his dad. Right. He's pre- or something. He's preventing the other guy from getting him because if the other guy gets the avatar, then there's no way for him to win his graces back into his dad's. Right. So right. I, I. I. His motivation to me was clear there. Like he was essentially sabotaging this other general. Right, right, because so, other general had captured Aang or right. Aang or however you say it at that point. And right, so right, he right, sets okay. him free essentially in cloaked in mystery. I knew it was going, like, I, as soon as he, that character oh, I knew it showed was up, him. Yeah, I, knew it was I was him. like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. what's his face? 100%, but the, the kung fu scene there is wretched. Like, it's it's really rough. And, uh, and then there's like a bridge and they're kind of like escaping what across this bridge. There? And what happened? That's exactly where I'm going with this. There's smoke, like, and then like the the guy, the fire guys are on one end of the bridge, and they're kind of like running onto the bridge, and then there's smoke, and then like the fire guys are back off the bridge again, and it's like what what happened? And, and then, then like the big thing is is what happens to the the emperor's son or whatever he's because he's all busted, you, broken down, passed out, right? Well, and then the next thing you know, he's home. Right. With no explanation. Like, when the fog cleared, they didn't go back out to check and see if he was still unconscious. You know, I like, <laughs> that was a big uh, story gap as far as, like, that's where 30 minutes of the film probably went, you know? Well, well, yeah, and the movie's just full of that. It's just full of these big, like, wait, how did they, wait, why? Like, there are things in the movie that could be cool, like the big fire guy ships. Like, those yeah. look cool right and i want to like spend some time looking at these ships right but you only ever see them from far away or you're in a room on the ship and you know and oh my god what a wasted opportunity like i know that they're adapting the cartoon or whatever but at the end when he has that giant tidal wave and I guess it just intimidates the ships and the ships are like, okay. And they turn around and go home. Well, wouldn't you? I, I wanted that thing to come crashing down on those ships so bad. I wanted like Titanic, you know, like Poseidon adventure upside down, screaming fire guys drowning in the ships. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad and he didn't give it to me. And yeah, it was very disappointing. No, it was very. I was very sad. He let the yeah. guy lay down in front of the lawnmower last week, but he's not going to flip but a couple ships again, for me. For children, ah, yeah. nah. Okay, kids want to watch those ships turn upside down. My kids would want to see those ships <laughs> flip upside down. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if we were watching that movie, which I'm never going to watch it again, but if we were, and I turned to my seven year old and I said. Wouldn't it be better if those ships flipped and all those guys drown? He'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be like way better. <laughs> well, you're raising bloodthirsty children. It's fine. I guess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're, very, they're very sweet. Listen. In most, in most capacities, yeah. But my son loves Jurassic Park, and he wants the dinosaurs to win. So I get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's totally exactly. fine. Speaking of Spielberg, I so I was watching this, and a movie – it kept coming to mind from the Spielberg catalog to me as now granted nowhere near uh, as bad as this, but it, there's a parallel to me. Um, and that's ready player one. It's oh. uh, an established loved property that the director is ill suited to make um, where I've felt like in the, 
different hands. And again, the studio interference on this might be, but he defends it, like you said. So we got to judge him for what's on screen. But it, it just felt sort of like this director that might have been the wrong guy, right? I still maintain that maybe Edgar Wright should have directed Ready Player One and or like James Gunn, someone like that who has that stylistic ability to do that. And 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 maybe, uh, I mean, obviously this probably could have been directed by someone else who's um, better <laughs> dealing with like this sort of epic scope. Maybe you get uh, Pete Jackson in or something and see if he can do something with it. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough, it's a tough call like i i was thinking this morning and i was going to ask you and i I think i know what one of your answers is going to be uh but can you recall a situation where somebody took an animated property and did it live action and i'm not talking about the disney remakes here i'm not talking you know the disney cinderella and lion king i'm talking about like other stuff where they took the animation and they turned it live action and it worked is the new One Piece show good? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. People seem to like it okay. Uh, hmm. The one that I, I thought that you might pull out, I'll, I'll give you your answer and see if you agree, <laughs> <It's probably laughs> was uh, Speed Racer. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I know you don't like it, and uh, Mark didn't like it, but... I love Speed Racer because it knew, like, and I can see why someone would watch Speed Racer and not like it. But if you watch the cartoons as a kid and you watch that movie, you're going to be like, shit, this is a Speed Racer. Like, they did it. And, oh, yeah, the fans enjoy it. So, like, one thing I could take away from this is if the fans of Avatar liked this movie, I could throw my hands up and say, hey. He took this movie and adapted it for the people who love the source material. I didn't care for it, but that's okay. But the fans of that of the source material don't like this. No, so no, they hate you've this. You failed yeah. on both fronts. Whereas, like Speed Racer, I I liked the source material as a kid, and the movie kicked ass for me. And it, and if you don't like it, that's okay, because maybe you, it's not for you. You didn't like the source material. You didn't love it the way that the Wachowskis did. Because they put a lot of love and effort and they cared for the source material in that movie. And I think even if you don't like that movie, you can point at Speed Racer and say, hey, they love the property and they tried their dangest to make it fun and exciting. But this just is phoned in. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think the Scooby-Doo movies are better than this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, And... and we know our love of Matthew Lillard is, you know, well trod. Supreme, yeah. Um, but I, even that's not that great. But it it was at least Scooby Doo, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> you know. Sidebar, sidebar. Uh, I I know you haven't watched Star Trek Picard, but there's this uh, there's this guy on that show, Todd Stashwick, who plays one of the captains, and and he like he really gained a lot of popularity from that show. And he's doing this thing online where you can bid and play D&D with him and his famous friends. And one of them is Matthew Lillard. And the uh, bidding the bidding is at like $2,000 right now. And I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> playing D&D with Matthew Lillard. <laughs> that would be fun. My wife 
would probably get mad. <laughs> it's not a good. <laughs> it's good not a way good to investment. Two thousand dollars. Anyhow, I because uh, that would be a tough time to to that would be money well spent. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, but I think I would probably sit there silently and be like, "No, you talk, Matthew Lillard." Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say with well, all of you. Why isn't your character just Shaggy? Why isn't your oh. character just Shaggy again, Matthew right. Lillard? Talk like Shaggy, Matthew Lillard. That's what I paid for. <laughs> give, me, give me, give me what I paid for. Yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about the movie much anymore. It's, it's, it's I don't bad. Either. Yeah, it is bad, and I don't see any reason to like drag this out just to make an hour long episode. Uh, this this movie is a big piece of garbage. I'm never gonna watch it again. It and is and it currently shameful. sits in last place on your list of Shyamalan we've watched. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and like and I, at I, the beginning, I don't want to the... say it's shameful for him. It's shameful for Paramount. Like it's so bad, they should have buried it. They should have pulled it and never released it. Like that's. That's I think it's like like how Warner Brothers just did with Batgirl, you know, like where they were just like, this isn't working out. We know this movie's done. And this pissed me off when they did this because I was like, bitch, I can judge for myself. But they pulled it and they buried it and they're never releasing it. Right. They have this complete movie with Michael Keaton and like all these people are in it. And they're just like, it's never coming out. Y'all good. Are you talking about Batgirl? Yeah. 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 That does yeah. suck. I, I wish does. they would like finish the movie's done. And I guess yeah. there's like money that still has to be paid if you release it. That's the only yeah. reason I can think why you wouldn't just throw it on Paramount. Uh, yeah, exactly. But but in this it'll case, get leaked at some point, and someone will redo it or whatever. Like some. Yeah. No, I agree. It's going to get like the Snyder Justice League treatment or whatever. Oh god. But I I do feel like this movie is bad enough that maybe they should have considered just like burying it or. At least, at the very least, give him another $10 million and let him go back and fucking fix it. You know, like, let him at least edit the stuff back in that they took out to make it 3D and see if that no. makes it better. I don't you think know? you like, throw more money at it. I think you shit it out into cinemas. <laughs> you just move on with your day. <laughs> it's It's so funny how, like, people don't, judge movie studios like i'm thinking of this in terms of video games right like if a video game studio puts out a game that is subpar yeah like i'm thinking of uh like like cyberpunk right cyberpunk came out everybody was like super upset because it wasn't running well on last generations they're like they should have never put it out we are gonna hate on them and hate on them and hate on them until they fix it like everybody get online we're just going to like just just spew venom at them you know paramount like shits this thing out into cinemas like fully 100% cash grab like we know this sucks we have to put it out to try to recoup some of our money and nobody's like hey paramount you suck you suck for doing that to us and people are just like, yeah, some movies are bad. You know, <laughs> the next Paramount movie comes out and they're just like, well, let's go see that one. I think the difference is because uh, you didn't spend $60 on it. I, and I, so people aren't as financially pissed off. And also true. gaming culture is much more volatile. That That is very true. But it is interesting. Like, I guess to some extent, Disney kind of like takes shit 
you know, like for their Star Wars movies, like people are kind of like, ah, you are really screwing this up, you know, even though I don't agree. They do, you know, kind of bash them for, you know, the the way that they handle certain properties and so on. But for the most part, your Paramounts, your Warner Brothers and so on, they can just kind of like puke some horrible thing into the theater for a weekend and see if they can get 40 million out of it and everybody just kind of like blinks and moves on you know yeah because there's plenty of movies to go watch and there's plenty of pre uh you know reviews so like if you saw if you went to the theater and saw the last airbender and were disappointed and wanted your money back that's kind of your own fault like there were plenty of clues (laughs) <laughs> that, that is true that, that is true and and to be fair this movie did make its money back yeah this movie made a profit of like 20 million when you take like global box office into consideration this was a profitable film it was not like a complete you know disaster of a movie like to the point where again you know they were starting to work on the next one well before. and they had a teaser at the end of the film, right? For the right. sequel, they introduce a new character, which is what just just what we needed, another character that was going to lead into the second film, um, which is a act of hubris to be like, hey, we're definitely making the second one. Indeed. I mean, like an act of hubris that gets done all the time. Yeah, there's a, a podcast I listen to called The Weekly Planet, and every year at the end of the year, they give a movie the the Game is On Award, which is a reference to like Dracula Reborn or whatever, where at the yeah. end of the movie, they tease, hey, something big is coming. And then the movie's never successful enough to see it. And that's kind of what this is. Is Oh, my God. The, the worst was that Dracula movie. And then they did that cover, that magazine cover on the cover of Vanity Fair. And they had all those like actors on it posed together like Johnny Depp and Russell Crowe and all the people that were going to be in the new like universal monster universe. And then, yeah, it shit the bed. And like, yeah. none of that stuff happened. Everybody's oh, trying to do Marvel, but no one can. No one can. And not even Marvel anymore, it feels like. Mm. Yep. So, um, are you ready for a bonus episode? Oh, is it time for a bonus? We're not going directly into Will Smith? No. We have to wait to speak to our good friend and dinosaur boy, Elliot. We okay. are going to watch Devil from 2010. Yay! A.K.A. Okay. The Elevator Movie. It's The Elevator Movie. That's excellent. I'm uh, it's like, I'm written excited. by M. Night Shyamalan and Brian Nelson. You, I, I rely on you to figure out who wrote what. Um, and as you've done before on these written films, there always seems to be some sort of controversy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but this is pretty much known as being written by him. Like, I remember the... Uh, the trailer even, you know, had his name in there, like from the mind of M. Night Shyamalan. Or even on the poster, it says that. So yeah, it's, yeah, this is this is like a, a blip in the middle. It, it's like a little life raft floating in the sea of suck here in the middle of his career, <laughs> right? Before because we get like to the visit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, like he, this was in the midst of you know the jeering and the popcorn throwing, and I remember this trailer playing, and there was jeering and popcorn throwing, and then the movie came out, and people were like, "Oh, you know what? This one actually is that bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is actually okay." So yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to talk about that next week. I'm excited. I'm, never seen it. Looking forward to it. Uh, and um, it's all up from here, 
right? I mean, After I, Earth can't be, be as bad as this. It can't be that bad. It's got Will Smith, right? It can't be that bad. There's got to be like some cool techie stuff. It's sci-fi. It's there might a be big dinosaurs. Sweeping scale. Oh shit. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Whereas the devil or devil is in just a confined space. Of course, he's not directing it. So right. anyway, well, if you want to get in touch with uh, me, I'm on Twitter at podcast by Jeff. Eric's on Twitter at uh, Eric underscore Hotter. You can check out his YouTube page, Eric Hotter, as well as Gaming Nexus for all your gaming review needs. You can also check out my other podcast, The Movie Draft House, wherever you get your podcasts. So we'll actually be back in one week as we watch Devil. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. <laughs>